Welcome to Bougie Boos, a podcast hosted by a brother and sister from another mister. I'm David. I'm Cam. Thank you for listening as we talk about Black culture, Asian culture, pop culture, culture culture, and quite frankly, anything else we want to talk about. So how are you doing, boo? I'm doing okay. You know, trying to get over all of these uh, mosquito bites. Mm, tell me about it. <laughs> Mosquitoes want this brown sugar, apparently. <laughs> Well, they probably, they want my soy sauce too, apparently. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, sweet and salty, it's a good combination. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but, I, you know, these bites seem more intense than usual. I have like red welts all over my ankles and legs. It, it looks gross. It looks nasty. And lately I've been rocking ankle pants mm-hmm. because I don't want people to look at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> So I've been putting tea tree oil and hydrocortisone cream to help with the itching, but I did read that a DIY paste of baking soda and water would Uh also help. So if you didn't want, you know, to use any creams or if you didn't have access to tea tree oil, but you did have access to baking soda, you could find some type of relief with that treatment. I personally haven't done anything. I just try not to touch them no matter how much they itch. Yeah, don't, because I read that if you scratch them when they itch, then you risk an infection because you can break the skin and the mm-hmm. skin could become infected. So I'm like, nope, I don't want infected skin. So, <laughs> And I read too that the mosquitoes tested in our local area have West Nile, of course. Oh no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, so no West Nile, no, <laughs> no more mosquito bites, please. The mosquitoes like, we bring in a taste of Africa to you. <laughs> <laughs> God, but I because when I was feeling the intensity of the bites, I was like, "What's going on?" I noticed they were all on the lower part of my body, the on the legs. Mm-hmm. And I said, "Let me look this up." And I saw an article. First thing that pops up: um, new invasion of this new species of ankle biting mosquitoes in Southern California. I'm like, "Why are they coming here now? Why? Like, why? They were here. Why?" <laughs> our old segment. I was say, "Our old segment. Why?" Instead of doing that, and we just did the Y segment. Why are these new mosquitoes attacking our lower legs? Oh gosh. Well, you know, because I, I think in the article that I read, it says because they, their wings are rel- relatively weak and they can't fly very high. Oh. So that's why they end up being pretty low to the ground and uh-huh. biting you, biting you that low. Oh my gosh. But at least they're not. <laughs> at least they're not biting my face. Oh, God. Can you imagine <laughs> walking around with red wealth everywhere. <laughs> But no, yeah, I, I think it's subsided for me. I don't. I hope they've subsided for you. I don't know how bad it is right now. Well, they're slowly going away. Um, I'm monitoring them, but like I said, it seems like the bites were just more intense than usual because mm-hmm. the bites were never like a welt. These are almost like welts. So yeah. I'm just like, okay. But yeah, with the tea tree oil, everything seems to be okay. And I, okay. I've been... <laughs> really mindful not to scratch them because I'm freaked out now because I'm like I don't want no infection in my skin I never knew that actually until I read up on it that if you scratch a mosquito bite you risk an infection and then also it doesn't help it's just gonna itch even more yeah well these days you never know you could be in an episode of monsters inside me oh god (laughs) 
But yeah, other than that, I I am doing good. How are you doing, Boo? Okay, look, they, the mosquitoes wanted a piece of your brown sugar, right? Yeah. But all I wanted from Starbucks was brown sugar, which they did not have. Oh, oh I'm so sorry. Both of us are suffering in different ways. <laughs> But, you know, here's why I was annoyed, because I did my due diligence. I went up to the ca uh, the cashier, the barista, and I said, do you have brown sugar today? And they said, yes, we do. <laughs> and I said, great, because I will have my drink with brown sugar. Mm -hmm. And I asked this because in my area where I live, every Starbucks does not have brown sugar for some reason. And I'm like, OK, so let me maybe it's a supply thing. So let me ask the Starbucks if they've got brown sugar. So I did that. They said, yes, I was excited. <laughs> then I get that, um, you know, that they call out my name and I was like, oh no, here it comes. Because I saw an empty cup in her hand <laughs> and she said, we don't have brown sugar. You're like, I but I asked the cashier <sighs> and the cashier said, yeah, it's the old bait and switch. They, they pulled the bait. Wait, was your normal crew there? No, they weren't. So, That's I mean, yeah, I was going to say, if it's the normal crew, they probably would have told you. Well, I don't know if there's no so much the bait and switch as just not being aware of what's going on. Because, you mm -hmm. know, most of them are young kids and they don't, they're not really detail oriented. Mm -hmm. So if, because for me, if I were an employee, I would come in and find out what we were stocked with and what we weren't stocked with, right? So that I could tell customers accurately when they asked for things. Because I saw something go down as well, where a girl had asked apparently for pumpkin bread. And so when she got her order, they gave her her pumpkin bread. She walked away with her friend. Then they immediately come back. This is not pumpkin bread. It's um, a cinnamon bread or whatever it was, or crumb bread. And they're like, oh, let's check. Oh, we don't have any pumpkin bread. So why'd you tell this girl you had pumpkin bread? <laughs> At least her cinnamon bread didn't have mold on it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not like yours. Or coffee cake, that I was trying to say. Coffee cake, not cinnamon bread. Yeah, well, but, any but, bread that she got, at least it was yeah. mold-free. Because yeah, our boo had moldy Starbucks pastry. But, and... my, but I was talking to my boo, and I, I think you saved me. Thank you. Because <laughs> I was getting ready to take a huge bite, and I happened to be talking to you, and then looked down, and I saw the molds. Thank goodness. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Luckily, she did not bite into it. <laughs> Otherwise, it's like you'd have to pretend it was blue cheese. <laughs> blue cheese coffee cake. But so, you know, she offers me an opportunity to replace the syrup, which I am clueless at this point. And then she says, how about toasted vanilla? I'm like, that's not near the same as brown sugar. So then she says, well, we have the apple brown sugar. You're like, no. Well, I said yes, only because oh. I've tried the apple crisp drink with the macchiato, and it actually tastes like an apple pie in a, in a cup. Okay. Right? So I said, well, let's try it with the cold brew. That's a big no. <laughs> <laughs> it was nasty. So then I got this big old Trenta cup of cold brew that I'm not, I'm just like slowly, slowly <laughs> sipping. And that reminds me, that was the other thing. This cashier that I talked to, he was a very sweet kid, but... He just didn't know things. And so when I asked for my Trenta cold brew, he said, we can't do cold brew in Trenta cups. You're like, yes, you can. <laughs> That's exactly what I said. <laughs> I said, yes, you can. I know you can. I order it all the time. He must have been training. I, I believe that so. he was training. Yeah. So then he goes, I said, is Nicole here? Because shout out to Nicole. She's this great manager at the Starbucks I go to. And 
So he went to go ask Nicole and he comes back. Oh, okay. You just can't get Trenta in the nitro cold brew. And I'm like, yes, that is true. <laughs> and I said, neither can you de- get Trenta espresso coffees. You're like, I, I like, come here enough to know <laughs> what you can and cannot do, sir. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Like, I don't even work and have been trained here yet. How do I know this better than you do? <laughs> now I have this cup uh, next to me while we're recording. And it's uh, normally I'd be halfway through with my drink, but it's still like very near the top. <laughs> You're trying to power through it. Uh, basically, yes. I, 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 I'm not savoring it. <laughs> <laughs> well, side note here. So I'm here with my water, right? But uh, I'm also powering through the water because it has a bleached smell to it. Oh no, I know what you're talking about. And I'm just like, okay, I know I rinsed it out when I was washing my my um, thermos here, but every time I put it up to my nose, it smells <laughs> like chlorine. And I'm like, why? <laughs> so I haven't drank nearly as much water as I should for it being almost late afternoon Mm -hmm. but it's because in my mind I think I'm drinking bleach (laughs) and I'm not trying to kill myself (laughs) I'm surprised you still try to drink it well because I'm thirsty I drink I sip water throughout the day you know this boo because you know know. Trenta ice water I was gonna say you should have asked me to bring you a 25 cent Trenta ice water (laughs) so we're both having beverage uh struggles apparently today so but speaking of drinking and eating, um, I recently visited Fogo de Chao. Oh, that's a different kind of eating struggle. <laughs> <laughs> well, definitely if you are a vegetarian or vegan, Fogo de Chao is not the place for you. Well, I also meant it's a struggle because if you are a meat eater, there's a lot to a lot of meat to eat. <laughs> yes. So uh, for our boobos out there who may not know, Fogo de Chao is a Brazilian steakhouse. And so this is my second time at Fogo de Chao. I've been to the location in Irvine, and then I recently went to the location in Las Vegas. And shout out to my friend who I had dinner with, not going to put them on blast, but they know who they are. Hey! <laughs> so we both rubbed. Um, and shout out to one of the staff members, actually, who was there. So I was at the salad bar. And I didn't get his name, but he was replenishing some of the items there. And I just asked him how he was doing because, you know, you see a worker and obviously, you know, you appreciate what they're doing. And so he smiled and said, thank you for asking. I'm good. Like, I think just me saying hi to him and acknowledging that he was there, he really liked it. And then he told me, he was like, you have beautiful skin. And I was like, oh, thank (laughs) you. So we shared like a little moment in front of the imported cheeses. It was cute. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, those kind of comments, just the one little comment can make someone say, you never know. Yeah, well, because he was sitting there and yes, he was quiet, but I don't know. I just sensed that maybe he was having a hard shift or something, or maybe something just happened or a customer just pissed him off. So, you know, I wanted to tell him hi. But um, on the menu, so they have their churrasco experience, which is a Fogo tradition. So it's mm-hmm. continuous table side service of signature cuts of fire roasted meat. Now you can order off the menu, but to me personally, ordering the Churrasco experience, it's good because you can taste a lot of menu items and it comes all in one price. You look like you want to say something, Boo. No, I'm just saying that's the way to go because (laughs) you get a variety of meats and they all yummy. They all yummy. (laughs) 
and it's fair to me it's fairly cheap for the amount of meat that you get or that you can eat so it's 64.95 per person um but again it's continuous servings of meat you can just sit there for hours and hours yeah and you get the access to the salad bar thing too you do even though I was strategic not to really fill up on a lot of the salad bar items because you want that meat. Yeah. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> and so you know how it works at Fogo de Chao Boo, but I'm going to explain yeah. it for our boo-boo. So they give you these cards for your table and then you can turn your card green and green mm. will tell the servers to bring you meat. And then if you turn it red, the servers aren't supposed to bring you meat. However, at this particular location, like my card was on red and they were coming around. <laughs> they were like <laughs> trying to give me meat, meat, meat. And I was taking it though. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe they don't, they're not really, um, they don't follow that rule, I guess, for the cards in Vegas. Or they hired all colorblind servers. <laughs> maybe. I was just like, my card is on red and you still try to bring me this steak, but I'm going to eat it. <laughs> Oh, man. So uh, what comes in the Churrasco experience? So like I said, continuous tableside service of signature cuts of meat. So you have your filet mignon and your bone-in beef ancho, which is bone-in ribeye. Uh, excuse me, boo-boos, if I do pronounce any of these names, I'll try my best. Uh, Fraldinha, boo, have you heard of that? No, what's that? Bottom sirloin. So maybe okay. like part of the butt or something. So they're using like Portuguese names of mm -hmm. these? Traditional names. The Lombo, which is pork. And then they had a seasonal cut. The Picanha, prime part of the top sirloin. <laughs> this is spelled like metal hose. <laughs> but I know it's not. It says metal hose, calm bacon. So back, bacon wrap, chicken and shrimp. That was really good. One of my favorites. Cordero, which is lamb picanha chops. Costela de porco, pork ribs. Costela, beef ribs. Alcatra, top sirloin. My absolute most favorite, linguica, linguica, which is spicy pork sausage. It was so good. I think I had about like four, four things of that. Like every time they came around with that pork sausage, I was like, hand up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Bisteca de Porco, which is double bone and pork chop. They also had Frango, which is chicken. And then it also, why are you laughing at me? <laughs> Just, I'm like, you're admirably trying to do these Portuguese pronunciations, <laughs> but you I, sound like that, that white person who does that Spanish. <laughs> shade. Shade. Not any fault of your own. <laughs> it's not your language, but it's, you know, like, donde esta? <laughs> listen i was trying to do it justice i know you are boo i know that's why i said you were admirably trying to do this but it's it is entertaining and it also comes with brazilian side dishes so warm pal de queijo which is cheese bread you know i did not taste the cheese bread just because i didn't want to get filled up i wanted yeah. all the meat so the cheese bread that's there you. Um, I did taste the crispy polenta, which was okay. The mashed potatoes, nothing to write home about. And then the caramelized bananas, which to me um, kind of tasted like plantain. Mm -hmm. And so uh, those were all decent, but I just had like a fork full of that because everything was about the meat. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I don't blame you. That's what I would be doing. That's the, that's the star. And that's what you're paying $65 for. Right. So, I mean, but at the end of the night, I did feel kind of gross because I, I felt like greasy because you're oh. just sitting there just eating meat. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess it's a different experience because I don't, do you feel greasy after Korean barbecue? Not so much greasy, but because it's like that smoke, I feel like there's a, like a layer of like grit on uh, my skin, you know, cause okay. you're in that smoky yeah. type vibe. So no, here I, I felt, felt greasy. It's probably all the pork I was eating. <laughs> <laughs> the, the porco. <laughs> yes, that. So it was good though. I, I enjoyed it. And then um, we had some drinks and after dinner, we did go and dance. So we danced all that meat off. I needed oh, to. Good. Yeah. Because you're, you feel like heavy because you're honestly just, it's continuous servings of meat. <laughs> <laughs> all those carnivores out there are like, oh, salivating for that meat. The vegans and the vegetarians are disgusted right now. <laughs> but I did see on their menu. So if you were going to order on the menu, they have a cauliflower steak. So, I mean, they have options for the non-meat eaters, but Fogo de Chao is a, a steakhouse, so. Yeah, I mean, were... come on, vegans and vegetarians. Why are you going there? <laughs> I mean, they maybe are going as part of a party or something. And at least Fogo de Chao acknowledges those people, right? But at the same time, it's a steak slash meat house. <laughs> Why are you going there? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so if you do go um I can personally say that the spicy pork sausage and then the back bacon wrapped chicken and steak. Those were my top two. Um, do you happen um, to have a, a top two? Um, I don't, it's been a while since I've been, but everything does taste really good. Although uh, how you go for those items, I usually, I was tending to go for the lamb because I like lamb. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I was like, bring on that lamb. <laughs> 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 You just see the little lamb on the plate looking at you and you're like, sorry, lamb. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to eat you up right now. <laughs> I will say the little tongs that you use to take off the cuts of meat, uh -huh. I was tempted to take those home. It's, they're <laughs> like perfect size. <laughs> I forgot but, about that part that you had to kind of pull your own meat off. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I wasn't, I didn't have like a to-go tray or anything. So I didn't want to be, you know. Well, just to help people visualize when they come around with the meat, it's on these big old skewers. Mm -hmm. And so then they kind of offer the skewer up to you and then you have to use the little tongs to pull the meat That's off. Correct. Yeah. So because your people are like, what? Pull meat? What? How? It's like... <laughs> Sorry, boo-boo. Thank you, boo, for that. And I mean, in a way, it's, um, I mean, it is sanitary, but you can tell how it can't be sanitary because it's a fine line because what if your tongs like touch the big cut of meat, <laughs> right? So you have to be strategic only to touch the slice of meat that's for you. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, <laughs> it's still a fun experience, especially when you're with a group of people. It, it is. And uh, the group, there was a larger group sitting next to us and he kept staring over at our table, but he was staring at the table because the person that I was with had a brand from a fraternity on, uh -huh. on his arm so it was like his frat bro when he came over and did their little frat thing or whatever because I was wondering I was like why does this man keep on staring over here I was like is he judging me because I'm eating all this pork <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah that was my Fogo to Chow experience in Las Vegas so highly recommend 
That's great. Yeah. I've been I've been to the Fogo in San Diego, mm-hmm. but it's funny because you talk about eating and consuming all this meat, which I'm down to do. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, the thing that I want to talk about, I did the complete opposite, <laughs> and I went to a vegan Chinese restaurant. Okay. And you're like, how does how is this Chinese restaurant vegan? But honestly, everything on the menu was 100% vegan. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're called House of Fortune Vegan Cuisine. And they're, uh, the location I went to is in Roland Heights, California. But they also have another location in Chino. But um, I was dubious to go because, you know, vegan food in the past, it hasn't been great. But I think technology has made food advances in food technology has made food uh, for vegans and vegetarians much more palatable and better options mm-hmm. in the sense that in the past when you were vegan or vegetarian basically you just had to eat fruit or vegetables <laughs> but now they can simulate so many of the real meats and foods mm-hmm. and so I was like I said I was dubious and skeptical but I said um, I went with a couple of friends who are well Silka and Andy from Germany shout out to them hey how you guys <laughs> but they're pescatarian so they only eat fish and vegetables and so I said well let me um, hang out with them and take them to this vegan restaurant which I know they would appreciate and so I'll just run down some of the items I had but I did start with their iced orange green tea and it's hard to find a good orange green tea but this one was actually very nice uh, and smooth and I really enjoyed it good flavor so shout out for having a good orange green tea that sounds refreshing yeah yeah Um, and then so then we ordered crispy oyster mushrooms and they were deep fried battered oyster mushrooms tossed with basil jalapeno salt and pepper and the waiter said they taste like crispy chicken skin right so i said okay i'm excited so we got the mushrooms ate them why did they taste like chicken skin they were so good yeah well i was too i'm i'm picturing sick chicarones kind of yeah chicharones yeah is it Chicharrones or (laughs) the fried skin. Yeah, and it was kind of like that. That's what I said. I was like, these taste like that. And it it was amazing how your mind is lulled into the sense of you're eating chicken skin. (laughs) It was, and they were actually just oyster mushrooms. Um, so I would recommend if you do go there, try those. Those are fantastic. Um, That's why people have trust issues. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Well, you know, that's the thing. It's like present as one thing, but you're something else, mm. right? So, <laughs> let's not get into the whole relationship thing of that. So. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so, because I also wanted them because I saw them on, as I was doing some research on social media and through Yelp, a lot of people were ordering that. So I said, well, I'm going to try that when I go there. And the waiter just kind of reinforced it. And I saw another table order that I'm like, okay, sold. And they were really delicious. And then um, our friends, they got, um, clay pot eggplant tofu mm-hmm. and it was served in a clay pot with brown sauce and fried soft tofu and eggplant and some seasoning and it was actually a very good dish it was bubbling hot and she had my friend she had got chosen it because she also saw it on social media it just looked really um, appealing to her and it was quite good the other was another tofu dish but I ordered walnut shrimp because that's what I like when I go. As you know, when we go to Phoenix Boo, mm-hmm. another restaurant, but I like the walnut shrimps. And the this one, I was again skeptical because it's vegan. Mm-hmm. But why did it taste so good? <laughs> well, I like that they can take because it's tofu, right? 
Well, no, this the one on shrimp was tofu. Yeah, I think it was a soy based kind of product for this mm. one. And they but, can mold it into like a shrimp that looks really like a shrimp. Yeah, well, because on the inside, it, I I don't know. Actually, that's the thing. I couldn't really tell. It almost looked like imitation crab on the inside, but I don't think it was imitation crab. But it just was really just, they used a delicious because it was, they used a vegan may, mayo, but it was light. It wasn't too heavy. And okay. I think, I don't know, maybe you could, maybe vegan mayo you could eat. I don't know. <laughs> I, know I was like, wait, may, how does the mayo tie in though with the walnut shrimp? It's kind of like the sauce for walnut shrimp, like that glazy sauce, you know? Oh, um, but traditional walnut shrimp, it's not mayo sauce, is it? I don't know what's in it. Oh, actually, but I, I was gonna say I've eaten walnut shrimp before. No, I don't think it. I don't think it's mayo. I think the vegan mayo simulates that sauce. Okay. And so, but then they, you know, they fried it and battered the shrimp or the so-called shrimp, and there, there were the traditional walnuts in the dish as well, but these, these were actually crunchier than our normal walnut shrimps that we get. And, but that's because, you know, it's again, they have to kind of simulate the dish, but I actually was surprised, pleasantly surprised by how good it was. Um, the other thing that I had as an appetizer was a baked meat bun is what they call it, but more like a bao. Mm -hmm. And for those of you who aren't familiar with bows, well, the restaurant like to say it's commonly known as a Chinese taco, but I don't know if I'd call it that. No, because it's like an enclosed well it's the the bun itself is more like a clamshell yeah right? and then you open. stuff yeah you stuff meat and whatever else in there but they use um it was stuffed with ground meat which was like a, a probably like impossible meat or something like that mm -hmm. uh jalapeno and cilantro and it was really really good i really enjoyed the the bao bun that they served so really good option for those who want because you know the thing is when you eat chinese food how does that usually leave you feeling at the end of it Depending on where you're going, though. Yeah. I, like, sometimes you can feel greasy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, then, but then sometimes, depending on the quality of ingredients that are used, you feel good. You feel okay. You feel normal. But you could still feel pretty stuffed, though, right? So with the, on the mouth that you eat. <laughs> <laughs> but with the vegan, the vegan versions of these dishes, everything felt light, and I didn't feel greasy or heavy at the end of it, uh -huh. and I felt I felt pretty content. So um but were you hungry like two hours later i was not i was not <laughs> <laughs> but you know i am getting older and i'm finding my appetite is reducing so <laughs> you hate that <laughs> it, it's weird right because you want to eat more and you're like but i can't i know like, but i want to it's almost like the good angel on the one shoulder <laughs> and the bad angel on the other well, I didn't need those angels five years ago. I need them now, but I used to eat so much more when I was younger. And when I say younger, just like I said, five years ago, like five years later, I'm like, Ooh, can I really eat another one of those? <laughs> but no, I would recommend people try them if you, especially if you want a good vegan experience, or if you are a vegan, I've recommended this place already to a lot of our vegan colleagues here at work. Mm -hmm. And they're actually um, amped to go try it. And I actually do want to go back for a second time because I didn't get to try some of the more traditional Chinese dishes like orange chicken, Kung Pao and things like that. I would like to try those versions of the vegan, uh, the vegan versions of those. And what's the name of this restaurant for our boo-boos out there? House of Fortune Vegan Cuisine. House of Fortune Vegan Cuisine. Okay. Hmm. Well, thank you for that review. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of eating, <laughs> I've been watching... The Dahmer series on oh, Netflix. Oh no, she went there. 
We know he was eating too. That's the thing. We don't want to make light of the situation. Oh, not at all. Not but, at all. But you know, I... when when the joke presents itself. Thank <laughs> yeah, you. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm halfway through that series. And for our boobas out there who may not know, uh, Dahmer, the monster of I think it's Monster the De- Dahmer monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story on Netflix. So it's a mini series, 10 episodes. I am five episodes in. I have to yet to start this series, but all I hear about is the controversy every week with this show. It, it, there's controversy and I'll talk more about that. Um, the first episode aired September 21st, 2022 of this year. Uh, the genre is thriller, limited run series, crime fiction. And it's the story of one of the most notorious serial killers in the United States, largely told from the point, the viewpoints of the victims and their families. Um, and real quick, I just kind of want to run down the cast. So Evan Peters, that's Jeffrey Dahmer himself. I love Evan Peters, I have to say. He <laughs> is doing a great job. And it's kind of scary. It's kind of eerie. Like, I'm pretty sure. Well, first of all, I hope there's no method acting <laughs> going on. <laughs> He's just a really good actor and he tries to study his uh, material mm-hmm. and really immerses himself in it, but I don't think he's eating people. <laughs> Let's hope not. I pray that he's not. Uh, Richard Jenkins as the father, Lionel Dahmer, who's doing a fantastic job as well. Mm-hmm. Mo- Molly Ringwald as Sherry Dahmer. Michael Leonard as Catherine. Da- Is it Michael? Michael Burns as Catherine Dahmer. Yes, excuse me. And then our girl Nisi Nash as Glinda Cleveland. I know. I see her in the trailer, and I'm like, this is such a depart for, departure for Nisi because she doesn't get to really play those meaty, dramatic roles. Mm-hmm. And to see her like that is amazing. So I can't wait to see her in it. She's she's doing a really great job. Um, she plays his neighbor in the limited series. You were mm-hmm. gonna say something, Boo? Oh, I was gonna say with Nisi though, that woman is all over the place right now. Mm-hmm. She's in the the Rookie Fed show. Mm-hmm. She's a host of. Um, uh, that singing game show competition on Channel Eleven. I yeah, I'm, I'm blanking. I'm blanking out on what it's called, but where people sing the the next lines of the karaoke song or whatever. Mm-hmm. And and then you know she's still doing a lot of um comedy bits here and there. But yeah, she makes guest appearances and shows all the time. Like Nisi is a busy woman, which I'm glad to see because I've loved her for a long time. She's working. She's getting that check. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But also the reoccurring role, recurring roles are um, good too. So I wanted to shout those actors and actresses out. So Michael Beach as Dennis Murphy. So Michael Beach, he's been on a lot of yeah. different series and sitcoms. And I was happy to actually see him because I hadn't seen him in a while. And he looks really good. Yeah, he's always looked pretty good. Like, uh, and I don't know how old is Michael these days. But I would guess he's like at least late 50s, early 60s. He's really holding up. Uh, yeah. He's another case of Black Don't Crack. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon Black as Dean Vaughn, Sean J. Brown as Tracy Edwards, Colby French. Um, I'm just going to go through actually the names, not the characters' names. Uh-huh. Colby French, Mac Brant, Grant Harvey, Matthew Allen, Scott Michael, Josh Bratine, Savannah Brown, Nick A. Fisher, Cameron Cowperthorwake. Have you heard of him? Boo? No. Mm-mm. Penelope Ann Miller, Vince Hill Bedford. Blake. Oh, Penel- Penelope's on this show? I haven't seen her in a long time. As Joyce Dahmer. Yeah, she oh, plays okay. the character. Vince Hill, Bedford, Blake Cooper, Griffin, Dylan Burnside, Matt Cordova, Rodney Burford, Karen Melina White, 
And so I have to put an asterisk next to her name because do you know who that is, Boo? No, who is that? Karen Melina White. She played Charmaine on the Cosby show. Oh, okay. <laughs> so when I seen her come out, I was like, okay. And she looks really good. Um, she also appeared on the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air as Jewel. So she was Jazz's wife on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And then uh, Colin Ford, Kieran Tamandong, and Brayden Maniago. So, so far, the series is really good. Um, five episodes in, and altogether, it's a 10-episode um, series. So what I'm taking from the series so far, obviously, like we know it's about Jeffrey Dahmer and how he was a serial killer but this series is also highlighting the trauma on black on the black community since a lot of his victims were black well that's what i was going to say you're reading that list of names mm -hmm. and i'm like it's a great thing that a lot of people of color can get an acting job but it's, but it's terrible that they got it because jeffrey Dahmer liked to prey on people yeah. of color but the series is also highlighting the lack of concern from law enforcement yeah. on the Black community and the victims that Dahmer hunted. Because in reality, he hunted them. No, it's, yeah, he did. It's just very sickening. Um, and also the series is taking a deep dive into his upbringing and into his childhood. So it's kind of making you think, so he was born maybe like something of, of a malfunction in his brain or something like that right and he was born that way but could it have been corrected with therapy or some type of counseling or even if he had access to those services or if he had those services he still would have been doing that it kind I of makes you think it's difficult to say because actually it's funny you bring that up Boo, because there was another movie in 2017 i don't know if you heard of it called my friend Dahmer, mm -hmm. and it followed Dahmer through his younger years to teenage years foreshadowing of the event uh, the, of the adult he would become mm -hmm. so I don't know if all the facts in the movie were true but you know he's he did start by trying to mutilate animals and all those kinds of things and I'm sure maybe the Netflix series goes back and shows you these things too but this movie is another glimpse of that young Dahmer and Jeff uh, I mean uh Ross Lynch from Disney Channel, he's been in a lot of Disney Channel stuff, he plays the young Dahmer version. Mm -hmm. And um, so it's just another viewpoint. If you're really interested in this Netflix series, I would recommend checking out the My Friend Dahmer movie. Well, and also um, to your point about, you know, the upbringing and how he liked to mutilate animals. It was interesting because, and this is kind of a spoil, spoiler alert, his father encouraged him to do those things. So he thought taxidermy was his son's hobby and he thought he can use taxidermy as like a bonding opportunity with his son. So they would be driving down the street, see dead animals, pick them up <laughs> and take them home. And then Jeffrey would like cut them up in the garage. Yeah, that's but, actually in the other movie too. But in, in a way you're thinking, well, you know, if he wanted to be a surgeon or something, maybe that's good because he's exploring, you know, cutting things open <laughs> and it's like, oh, here's the spleen, here's the liver, you know? So, and then uh, one scene in the series that was really telling too, because I was like, yeah, something is wrong because who would think to do that? He had a jar of tadpoles, right? And so you would think like tadpoles, you want them to live forever. You want to take care of them. Well, young Jeffrey Dahmer, he put motor oil in the jar of the tadpoles. And it's oh. like, oh, you know what I mean? It's kind yeah. of twisted. Yeah. So, um, 
I the last episode that I've watched episode five it ended with Jeffrey Dahmer eating someone's liver <laughs> and I haven't been able to go back I was traumatized oh. I was it was it was too much for me Hannibal Lecter style <laughs> it was with some fava beans and a nice <laughs> Chianti <laughs> <laughs> Boo, stop it. You're too much. Well, the thing is, too, it's like from the trailers that I saw of the show, mm-hmm. he kept trying to feed our girl Nisi some of that stuff. She's like, I ate that. Because Nisi, the neighbor knew. The neighbor yeah. knew something wasn't right. And the neighbor was trying to alert law enforcement. But again, because it's a Black community, probably because the concerns were coming from a Black person, they kind of ignored it, right? Yeah. And Jeffrey Dahmer was white. So they're giving him the benefit of the doubt. And here you have this man here harvesting all these body parts killing people and his neighbor a black woman is like something is not right here and yeah. the police are not listening well i think i remember i remember the case itself when it first when he first got caught um the first inkling of that we were up really serious is when i think it was a young asian man escaped from him and he was half drugged and he had a hole in his head but the police still sent him back with jeffrey dahmer they're like oh, okay you have a good night sir white sir you know and but they didn't really question what was happening because he was white mm-hmm. so it's unfortunate so uh, my heart does go out to the families of the victims because i know like this show is it's bringing up you know those feelings but it never goes away you know mm-hmm. the traumatic experiences and things like that but there's also other controversy surrounding the series because i don't know if you heard boo but that singer life jennings no i haven't heard of this <laughs> So apparently he was in prison for a short time with Jeffrey Dahmer. And so Life Jennings went on his Instagram and recorded a reel. And he said that he was a porter in prison and he used to go around singing because, you know, he has a nice voice. And Jeffrey Dahmer requested for him to sing Pretty Brown Eyes. (laughs) And he sung it for him. Oh, Lord. (laughs) So people were like, why are you sharing this story? (laughs) Like is cool. that like your claim to fame that yeah exactly to jeffrey Dahmer because that's not a notable mention he's um jumping on the Dahmer hype train <laughs> right now you know what is really disturbing hmm. i saw like a after the first or second episode came in i saw articles about how especially white women felt very sorry for Dahmer, and they were like oh i would have written him letters to explain or to empathize and sympathize with him and it's not really his fault and they're not even thinking about the people that he killed they, and it's mostly because they found and actually a lot of um gay men found him hot so because he was so hot and white it was excusable what he did okay you go ahead and write him letters he's gonna write you back and tell you how he's gonna eat your body parts well <laughs> not them because they're not people of color so <laughs> Horrible. I guess, see, I guess the dark beat does taste better. You know what? <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but, you know, it's just, it's just kind of disgusting how you want to, just because you find him attractive, that it's uh, negates the terrible things that he did, you know? Yeah, it's, it's very sickening. And when he was eventually caught and they did call his father, his father had this look on his face like he knew it was going to come to this because he always Mm -hmm. had that inkling that something was wrong with his son something was wrong something was off but he just couldn't pinpoint it and so you know when he found out what his son did he's kind of like well I knew he was going to do something like this but aside from 
that controversy. Also, I don't know if you saw that Rick Ross wants a pair of Dahmer reading glasses. No, I did not. Rick Ross, what's wrong with you? People, I know. So, but yeah, that's what I am currently watching. I'm slowly trying to get through it. I can't watch too much at one time because, like I said, it's very heavy, very traumatic. And I don't know, it just kind of gives you that eerie feeling. I don't know if it's because it's spooky season. We are. Well, I think it's also eerie because it's true. Yeah. That's the thing. You would think something like that, you talk, you hear about it like a synopsis. You're like, oh, that's a horror movie, that's fiction. But it really happened, and that's unfortunate. And that's unfortunate for the families who are being re-traumatized by how, you know, they don't have to watch it. But I'd be morbidly curious to see what how how is my family member being displayed, mm-hmm. given knowing that they're going to go into the court scenes and things like that. And it's been really difficult for those poor families to relive this those moments. Not only that, but I truly and honestly feel that those families they should be able to reap some of the benefits of this because it's their story. Right. And I, I doubt that they're getting any kind of royalties or anything from this. No, they're not. So, but yeah. yeah. And then, I mean, I hope this has not happened, but you always know that there's people out there that get inspired from this type of stuff on TV, mm-hmm. you know? So they may be like, well, if Dahmer did it, I can too. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I mean, going off on a tangent about that, I remember one time I was reading about the dark web <laughs> and Wait, why were you reading about? You're reading in the dark. Or no, no, no. I, I did not go into the dark web. I'm not about to go into the dark web. I was like, wait, but why? I was just curious. As to, in the beginning, when you used to hear this phrase "dark web," you're like, what is that? Mm-hmm. So I was like looking and exploring as to what that was, and I was reading about the kinds of things you could find in there. And you know, sometimes from my shows, you know that hackers go in there or people go in there and they sell arms or weapons and. Because they're not, it's it's difficult to trace like things the dark web. Yeah. yeah, but then there's also really very morbid things. So it's kind of like that movie Hostel, mm-hmm. where you can watch people getting tortured online for a fee, and then they're in some nondescript country out there, and they're they caught somebody and they're torturing them online for you to view for your viewing pleasure. And um, yeah, it's terrible. And then the other thing I read, which made me bring this up because of the Dahmer thing, is that there was somebody online selling recipe books on how to cook human meat. Mm. So, and they were tried and tested recipes. <laughs> I mean, that's gross. I, gross it's crazy. And wow. So, yeah. I'm like, I wonder if they were using like garlic paste. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, they, are, they probably treated it like any other animal meat yeah you know but they use these recipes on human meat of people that they captured and killed and flayed and and then they're telling other um i guess there's other uh, the good community of human meat eaters out there to say hey i'm gonna sell you this recipe book yeah no thank you yeah stick to animals so appropriate that we have this conversation in october (laughs) Well, not only that, we just talked about a lot of meat earlier. We sure did. <laughs> but yes, what have you been watching though? Let's get out of uh, this whole. Um, I'm, I'm afraid I'm not going to be able to pull us out from the meat conversation <laughs> because oh, I was no. going to talk about how I recently watched Hulu's Hellraiser. Oh, okay. Very fitting. <laughs> so we go from Dahmer, who's nonfiction, to fictional. <laughs> 
Hellraiser meat flaying. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, it's it, I really enjoyed this version of Hellraiser that Hulu has brought back. It's, mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of controversy. I, I would say controversy, but debate as to whether or not they call this a remake or a reboot or a sequel, which from what I can gather, it's not a remake and it's not a sequel. It's more of a re-adaptation of Clive Barker's The Hellbound Heart, which is a novella that he wrote. And that's what the original Hellraiser movie was kind of based on. Mm-hmm. And it's so it's kind of, and it's also kind of a reboot of the entire Hellraiser franchise, because for those of you who only may know Pinhead in the first movie or a couple movies, there have been 10 Hellraiser movies. Oh, wow. Okay. I didn't, <laughs> but, was not aware. Yeah. The majority of them will, though, when they went straight to video. Uh, didn't really really get released in theaters but I've seen like maybe six of them but the quality just kept going down and down with each subsequent movie where they were really hard to watch and I don't know why they never understood that if you're watching a Hellraiser movie you want to see Pinhead and the Cenobites which are the other ones who people probably see Pinhead and the other ones who are clad in leather and things like that but um, the 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 readaptation they actually changed the look of the Cenobites, which for me is for the better to modernize them. But they're not all look, looking like S and M dominatrix people. They got BBLs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, in this one, it's more like their flesh is their costume. Like their flesh oh. is pulled in the newer version. Their flesh is pulled and contorted into ways that look like outfits. Oh. Okay, but it's not, it's not like nudity though, but it's. No, it's not like they don't have, you know, uh, uh, private parts hanging out and things, but, and if they did, they were unrecognizable now. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, so the, it was well acted for the most part. Some of the characters to me, I didn't really care for, but at the same time, they weren't overtly offensive to me or annoying. Mm-hmm. Uh, you kind of understood why they had to be that way. The lead, the lead character uh, played by uh, Odessa Azion, she was a recovering drug addict. And so we follow her journey with the, the puzzle box. So you know the puzzle box from Hellraiser Boo? The little gold no. box. Oh, okay. No. So Hellraiser. I just know Pinhead. I know because that's like what you, when you say Hellraiser, that's what you associate yeah, with. He's iconic for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, he's and... he, he reminds me of, okay, remember going off on a little tangent, but remember that movie Powder? Yeah. He looks like Powder was Pinhead. Powder with. <laughs> I could see that move. <laughs> Powder wasn't scary though. No, he wasn't. He was, he was um, nice and gentle. Yes, but people were still mean to him. But, well, I mean, um, well, I mean, well, people are mean to anyone who's yeah. different. Yeah. But um, so the lead character, Riley, she uh, basically has this journey with the puzzle box. I'm not going to get into the plot and everything. But what I feel bad for is she had a, her brother and his boyfriend and uh, another roommate, female roommate of theirs were sucked into the drama. And because of it, they were all generally good people, but a lot of them got killed because of the puzzle box and her journey. Mm-hmm. And I and they, I think they had very grotesque, undeserved deaths, but it was part of the larger picture because the box has six con- con- configurations and the more blood you feed it, it changes into the next configuration. Mm-hmm. And so eventually you wanted to get it to the sixth configuration 
so that you can have an audience with the Cenobites God and you can wish for whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And But just like with Twisted Genie Tales or the Jinn, when you wish for something, it doesn't actually become the way that you want it. It's yeah. always a twist always to it. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, you know, and then, you know, I think they did a really good job capturing the spirit of the first two Hellraiser films. Because if you ask Hellraiser fans, they're going to say the first, the first one's the best. The second one was passably good. And then from the third one on, they become worse. But the third one, actually, I quite enjoyed. It was super campy, though. But um, this this new iteration of the movie really recaptures the spirit of the first couple movies. And it really does go to show you the the, the Cenobites are the star. That's what we want to see, because they had a really good redesigns of the Cenobites. And to start off, Pinhead, which Clive Barker, the creator of the Hellraiser movies and the, the novella, mm-hmm. he hates that name Pinhead. <laughs> Because but it's his character, though. No, it's not. It's like it's what people started calling. Um, oh, so because, it was eventually. It was initially named something different. Yeah, because in the in the novella, um, that character is called the priest or the hell priest. And so, but because people saw the pins in Doug Bradley's version of the character, they called him Pinhead. Mm-hmm. And so Clive Barker really hates that name, Pinhead. <laughs> um, but in the movie, they don't really. I think. They don't call, well, first of all, the new pinhead is a female and it's a transgender female actually, but it really, and people think, oh, they've become really woke. But if you're not aware of the novels or the novel, it is more in line with the novel because in the novella, uh, the Cenobites are androgynous. They don't have a sex. Mm. So, and the, and pinhead's voice in the novel or the, the priest uh, is more feminine. Wow. So Doug Bradley's booming voice that everybody knows is opposite of what truly it's supposed to be. Got it. But it's so iconic where everybody knows, we'll tear your soul apart and all that stuff, right? <laughs> so, uh, but so I think Jamie Clayton and almost every person who's watched this movie that I've seen has agreed her performance of um, The Priest is, is amazing. Like, because you can't redo what Doug Bradley did because everybody loves that character. But she, made she her own. definitely made it her own and you can really appreciate that she respects the source material and that she really did put her heart and soul into this character um and it was really good i and everybody universally loves her version of pinhead oh, okay. slash the priest uh, <laughs> and then they brought back perennial cenobite favorite the chatterer and you probably may have seen he's, he's got those clanky teeth he's always probably. like but he's one of the most famous Cenobites after Pinhead. And he and, and in a lot of the Hellraiser movies, he, he, he keeps coming back. So they brought him back for this and scarier than ever. I and mean, then, to tell you the truth, this type of genre, no thank you. Like, I, I'll, I, watch, I think, I'll watch people eating pe- uh, pe- other people, <laughs> but I won't watch this. <laughs> well, there is, yeah, there is a scene. Because, you know, you I don't know if you how much you know it well enough to know, like Pinhead or the priest uses chains to hook people. And then usually tears them apart with them. Yeah. And so there's one of those scenes in this new Hellraiser. Mm-hmm. And, um, but other characters are that are new are the Weeper. And, uh, oh, I'm sorry, the Chatterer is placed by Jason Miles. And the Weeper is played by Yinka Olorunife. I'm sorry, I, I'm so, I'm See, so yeah, butchering her name. You're the one. I am. That's why I'm, I'm butchering her name. <laughs> I actually I had tried to practice it earlier, but it's just not rolling off the tongue. 
but um, he tried. He tried. I did. That's all I can say. Is we <laughs> we try. We we are not trying to disrespect anyone. No, not at all. And then the the gasp. She's got like a open tear in her throat area, so she gasps for air when she's speaking. Yeah, like that. <laughs> and so that's played by Selena Lowe, uh, the Asphyx. And they've got skin covering their entire face, so they're just trying Ooh. to breathe really hard, mm. uh, like a, like if someone put a bag over your head, but it's covered by skin. Um, Zachary Hing plays that character, and there's some Cenobites that we really get a brief glimpse of. They look cool in design, but we don't really get to see too much of them. Uh, the Mother, played by Gorica Regojic, and the Mask, uh, Vakusin Janovic, and uh, Voight is a human character who's kind of evil, and he reminds fans of another character from Hellraiser 2, Dr. Shenard. I think it's a good callback to that character, uh, but played by Goran Vichnich, who people might know from ER and some other things. That he's probably the most famous name in this version. But other than that, like I totally, I didn't have too much too many expectations going into this movie. Mm-hmm. I, I I did really enjoy it. I did think there was going to be more gore than there was. Not that you know I'm dying for gore, but I thought that this is a chance to do a lot of gore, but it wasn't as gory as I thought, but you do get your good amount of gore. <laughs> I was gonna say, well, maybe I will give it a try then since it's not a lot of gore. Um, but- I don't well, I don't think it's as, uh, uh, excessively gory. So I think it's doable. I think there might be one or two scenes for you that might be difficult. Mm-hmm. So, but other than that, it's more suspenseful getting into the point of Riley, D- uh, spiraling with this puzzle and then calling the Cenobites out because of it. So, okay. Yeah. Um, but I, it's a good time for spooky season, as you it say. It is. It is. So, well, I mean, two different genres of shows to watch during the spooky season. Yeah. Fictional and non-fictional. <laughs> <laughs> you, but, you pick your choice, boo-boos. I was going to say, uh, but which one is scarier? That's that's up to you. Uh, the, the non-fictional one, because oh. you know there's evil people out there. That's what I was going to say. It's like, it's, it's ironic that the non-fictional one is scarier. Oh, Lord. Hmm. Okay, well, lightening things up. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we said last time about no meat, but here we are talking about the meat. So, okay, let's lighten it up. Well, I just want to say thank you to everyone out there who has entered our contest so far for the thousand, or giveaways, giveaway, excuse me, for the thousand download, uh, our thousand downloads. We have surpassed that. So hand claps to our boobies out there. We appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, You still have a little bit of time to enter the giveaway. The giveaway does close October 15th at 11.59 p.m. And thank you, Boo, for putting that post up and oh, letting our welcome. boo-boos know about it and all of the rules and guidelines of the, yeah. of the giveaway. So well, thank you for the positive response that we're getting. And I can't wait to announce the winner. Yeah, I'm excited for you guys. So, and of course, we'll announce the winner too on our recording so we can shout you out. Burr, 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 burr. <laughs> <laughs> we need to buy a real air horn. You think that would scare people? I think it, I, it would scare me. Uh, like, could you imagine? Like, we would have to put headphone warnings for our poo-boos out there. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, anything else before we get out of here, boo? I know. I think they've had enough of uh, meat eating and meat cutting today. Flesh eating. <laughs> <laughs> well, till next time, boo. Be bougie. And remember, you ain't got to be bougie if you stay bougie. Bye. Bye.